0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I'm your host, Christine Gritman, coming at you every single week with another guest expert talking about a specific element of branding. We are on the Adweek Podcast Network. We have a YouTube video podcast every week. Make sure to find Let's Talk About Brand wherever you prefer to consume your interviews. And today's interview is a great one. I'm going to be talking to Hope Morley, who works for Umalt, which is a B2B creative agency. B2B and creative are all too infrequently used in the same sentence. So we're going to discuss why that is and how you have to come at branding a little bit differently For B2B businesses, as well as some creative ways to do that. So, without any further ado, let's bring on today's guest, Hope Morley. Hello, Hope. Hi, Christine. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. We actually met recently in real life at the Marketing Prof's B2B forum. And um, what a great place to get insights on B2B marketing, and that's that's your whole jam. And then I saw that you posted something really cool on Twitter that really just set my brain going about why isn't B2B marketing more creative? So let's launch right into that. Um, why why is B2B marketing so infrequently considered in the same uh, in the same breath as creativity?
1: Well, if I had a good answer to that, maybe I would be out of a job. But I think that the the reason that B2B is considered the less creative little younger cousin of uh, B2C marketing is often because we are selling very complicated things in B2B. So, for example, you think about cloud storage solutions. And when it comes down to it, when you're a business and you're trying to find different products and services for your business, you really do want, you do make choices differently when you're thinking about a business. So there are differences that are important to acknowledge. But that said, you are still selling to people at the end of the day. There are still decision makers who are the ones who are coming in and who are going to be deciding what product to go with. And those decision makers are humans. Uh, I hate to break it to you, but we are all people And we all respond to creativity, we respond to emotion, and we respond to good branding. And so those are things that B2B companies really need to start thinking about in their marketing in order to really start moving forward into this, what I think of as um, a new phase of B2B marketing.
0: Now, to your point, the considerations are a little bit different, not only from the company side, but also even from the consumer side. If you're a B2C consumer and you're looking for something to consume in your personal life, you're actually looking probably for slightly different things than when you're evaluating a B2B company. So what are some of those considerations that you really do have to keep in mind when marketing a B2B company?
1: So how I like to think of it is, that there are two hurdles that you have to overcome in B2B. First, you have to get through to through the initial gatekeeper. So there's usually one person who's starting the research project who was assigned to find a new vendor for a product or service. Once you get to them, then there's usually a committee on the other end. So it's there's a double challenge in B2B that B2C often doesn't have because when you're in B2C, you just have to get that first person, right? So... I see branding and brand awareness marketing as the way to get to that gatekeeper. So you need to convince that person to move you forward in front of the committee. The thing about most people is we're really good at coming up with logical explanations for why we like decided to do something that really has an emotional or potentially what some might say illogical reason for doing it. So if you are have an affinity for a brand for whatever reason it might be that you like their marketing it might be that their website spoke to you they've got a great twitter account you're going to put that company forward in front of your committee and what we need to do as B2B marketers after you get through that gatekeeper is that's when you come in with the features and benefits and you talk about your product because at the end of the day that person does have to pitch you to the buying committee so you do have to have really good marketing and good um support for the person to help them sell you but the branding challenge comes to get through that gatekeeper you need to get in front of that committee and the way to do that is to have really excellent brand awareness marketing
0: Absolutely. So there are those multiple levels. There's the person who is going to see you and have an emotional resonance to you, notice you and notice something about you and put you forward to the gatekeeper. And then there are the gatekeepers who are looking for something different. Uh, To your point, products that, you know, features and benefits, they want to know what's in it for me. How can you get creative at that stage as well? Or is the creativity mostly just about the awareness part and the consideration?
1: No, I think you can use creativity throughout the cycle. I think with the features and benefits side, it really does come down to what's in it for the person who's buying this product. So really getting at not so much the features and benefits in terms of listing out specs or different lists of features of your software. That's not what it's about. It's about how do you make someone's day-to-day better? So how is their life, their professional life, going to improve once they're using their product? That's a benefit. That's really talking to me as a consumer. And I'm the COO at our agency. I make purchasing decisions all the time. I need these companies to tell me, how are you making my life easier? How do you make me look better as an employee (laughs) and make me get out there get a promotion show off to my boss how good i am at my job that's what i want in my b2b products i need something that makes me look good
0: so you're selling that to the people who are before the very end though but how do you make sure that the person at the very end like again um do you know is it that they want to look good to their shareholders is about the the deliverable that they will be
1: able to do if they use your product or service You know, like I mentioned earlier, people are really good at making up logical explanations for things that they actually decided Mm -hmm. emotionally to do. So that creative marketing, I don't think that that doesn't apply to people throughout this cycle. I think that if you have a really strong B2B brand, it's much easier to get approval all the way through procurement, get it through the CFO who really wants to see the numbers. But if you have that strong brand awareness, it's much easier for you to come in and say, hey, you've heard of us, you've seen us out here, obviously we're a trustworthy source you know, that we can do this for you.
0: Speaking of brand awareness, when you're selling B2B, I'm sure the places where you need to be visible and the places where you garner that awareness are a little bit different. So do you tend to um, get that information more from the brands that you're working with? Do you help them with that process? Because it's not the same as, you know, B2C, where you're just kind of putting it all over the internet on the sides of buses. I mean, sometimes I'm sure it is. But um, how do you figure out where you need to be with that?
1: B2B, it's, so much about the audience strategies. So figuring out who this B2B company is talking to and then where that audience is. So B2B tends to be more on LinkedIn, YouTube advertising, Twitter. Those are all great places that are also used by our, our B2C cousins. But that's not to say that B2B companies can't be successful with out of home like you said they can't be successful on TikTok. There's some companies that are really starting to do more in that space. You have to think about who you're talking to in that audience. And as a reminder, B2B buyers now are millennials. They're me. <laughs> I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram. If you're trying to talk to me, I'm not just on LinkedIn. Um, these buyers have gotten younger and they've gotten more tech savvy. So if you need to go where those buyers are, it's not an older generation necessarily. It doesn't have to be people in an office. You can think about where these people actually are.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I feel like I've seen a shift on that. I've seen entire subway stations just taken over by ClickUp, for example. Yep. You know, it's really
1: I've seen I've seen Asana billboards. Um, um so- there were several B2B companies in the Super Bowl this year. ClickUp wow. as one of those examples. So Getting out where the people are is still going to be a good marketing strategy. Getting out there and getting people to know who you are. If you're uh, ClickUp, Gong, Salesforce, we're all in the Super Bowl. You want to be that name on everybody's lips, even if you're in B2B, because you're trying to make yourself the default choice.
0: Yeah. And and now more than ever I feel like because you know we're working from home, you know, sort of the the place where things happen, the place where business happens has has had such a shift and I don't think that it's changing anytime soon. Um what other shifts have you seen in
1: B2B marketing during your time doing this? Absolutely. I think the move to home has been a really important shift over the past 2 years. Because I do think B2B marketers and some of the clients that I've worked with, there was this hesitation of bothering people in a non-professional setting. And what I mean by that is people were willing to do trade shows or they were doing mailers to businesses because they're saying this is a business space and this is where our organization wants to talk to people. But once we all brought work into our homes, I think there's been a shift in B2B thinking, okay, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, or, you know, streaming TV advertising, even. We can talk to people where they are, and where they are is at home, and it's while they're consuming other content. So I am really excited about the potential of uh, streaming TV advertising for B2B. I think that there's a really rich area to mine, and I'm not seeing enough B2B companies doing yet. I do know it is a very expensive form of advertising, but I think being able to reach people when they're in the mindset to be entertained and to provide them with something engaging is an excellent way to win, and it is such blue ocean for B2B companies to go out there and attack. Absolutely, and
0: to that point, the idea of what constitutes professional Has had such a shift. Part of that could be, as you pointed out, millennials are now the ones in charge. The millennial is not the intern. The millennial is the boss now because (laughs) people grow up. Um, And so I feel like with it, there's been a huge shift as to what constitutes something being professional. It used to mean kind of flavorless. It used to be just kind of getting to the point of those features and benefits. So I'd love to hear how you've been able to play with that in B2B marketing, this idea of professionalism not being such a small box, but it is still there on on some level and, and to
1: what degree you have to kind of deal with that as well. Absolutely. Professionalism does not have to mean corporate jargon. It does not have to mean all those talking about disparate silos and all sorts of things that we all say, but we don't really know what it means. Let's be real. What we want to say, being professional is being clear. It's being concise. And you know what? Sometimes it can be being a little bit funny. (laughs) We love pushing humor in B2B in our work. Uh, Some companies are a little bit afraid of it, but at the end of the day, People like to be entertained and they like things that are funny. And there's a way that you can be funny in a professional manner. So I would never recommend something to a client that's going to do brand damage, right? Like I'm never going to ask them to be pushing the envelope and doing the type of comedy that you might see with a, a edgy stand-up comedian. That's not what we're talking about with humor. But there's a very effective way that you can get be memorable, that you can appeal to people, that you can get them to actually watch the ads that you're serving to them on LinkedIn or on YouTube pre-roll. You know, it's really easy for us to scroll and skip, and then your money is really just lost. You have to do something that's drawing people in. And things like humor are a great way to do that. And if you go at it with a good light touch, that is professional, and that is engaging, and that still gets across what the benefits of your product are to people, that can just really drive results for these B2B brands.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. Now, what are some of the considerations that you have as a creative working on B2B accounts when you're trying to figure out where that line is of being entertaining and catching them on that level, but also bringing the relevance that a B2B audience really wants? Because they don't want pure entertainment
1: generally, I would imagine. (laughs) I'm not sure I would say that, to be honest. I think it depends who you're talking to. So it really comes down to that audience targeting again. Um, but we have all gotten so used to content, you know, I'm that big C content, right? So when we go onto social media or if we're searching the web, we know that there's a lot of content out there for us to consume, and we really like it to be entertaining for us. We want it to bring us innate value. So as a B2B buyer, for example, or a B2B creative, I want to bring people value in two ways. I want to bring them value in the moment when they're consuming that content. And that might be because it's funny. It's entertaining. It's bringing you value because you enjoyed this 30 seconds that you spent with me. And then I want to bring you value because I can bring you value in your professional life by introducing you to a product or a service that you didn't know existed that might be making your life better. So I think of it in two ways. You know, it's not just about bringing you value because I'm showing you that there's a better product out there for your business. I'm bringing you value in that when you're scrolling along LinkedIn and you see something, you're going to enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with people enjoying your marketing. I think B2C has known that for so long. Like look at any for example, insurance commercials. You know, that's a very dry product, but we all need it. And then all these Companies like Geico or Liberty Mutual, they use humor to get us to pay attention to a dry product. B2B can learn a lot from that.
0: Absolutely. And again, it's been kind of a shift. I like what you said about how we're all used to content with a capital C. I think social media, streaming media, all of that has really changed the game of what type of things that we expect to see. Um, To that end, when I think of B2B video marketing, For example, I often picture one of those kind of long form commercials where, you know, it starts out being entertaining and then it kind of gets to the benefits, but it's like a few minutes long. Um, How can you do it in sort of a short form without the message
1: getting missed? So I love that you brought that up because we at Umalt have a name for those types of videos and we call them mullet videos. So they're a party (laughs) in the front and their business in the back. You, These companies are trying to do too much with one video. So the biggest thing I would say is that you need to break that video into multiple spots. So you're serving different audiences when you're trying to do something that's inspiring and potentially humorous. So that tends to be more brand awareness marketing. You're trying to get people aware of your product or service. But then when you really want to get into that features and benefits, when you're trying to do a product demo, you're really getting into more of that how it works piece, which B2B loves to put those two into the same video. Uh, uh, They're two different videos. You need to have the funny, humorous, brand awareness, inspiring piece to get people to know about it. Then you have a separate how it works video. So once you get people curious about it, they get on their website, they want to learn more, you're serving them with that additional information.
0: Perfect. And that brings up another question, which is that, so B2C, marketing is marketing, marketing, and that's often all you really need. The marketing is what's selling to the consumer. But with B2B, there's often a sales team in there as well. There's that additional level to consider. So how can a B2B marketing team work well with that sales team who's maybe, you know, of the old school method of like, we need to sell the features and benefits. They care about the numbers. They care about, you know, all this stuff. So how can you work with your B2B sales team to make
1: something that is going to hit on both levels? That's a great question. And something that I like to point out is that the B2B buyer has become, and there's some research on this, The B2B buyer really likes to self-serve now, so we want to do as much research as possible before we have to talk to a person, you know, like those millennial buyers. We don't want to get on the phone. Sorry. We like to really get all the research up front when we're ready to possibly pull the trigger and make a purchase. Then we want to talk to the sales team so i think the first step with those b2b marketers is to talk to the sales team and say how informed are people coming into you and what are the big questions that they're asking so at what point are they coming to you are they already pretty much ready to go have they already watched our demo video have they you know do they know what they're looking for have they kind of segmented themselves into a product That would be a sign that people are doing a lot of research before they talk to sales. And I think that that's a sign of a good marketing team, too, because if you're providing that for people who are potential prospects, that's a way that um, you can service these people who want to self-service. I do think there's always going to be people out there who want to talk to sales right away. And that's why you have a sales team. That's what they're there for, but being able to support both sides of the coin and getting people as much information as possible before they talk to sales. And that's what marketing can do. That's where your branding comes in. That's where you can really be creative and have, dare I say, have a little bit of fun with your marketing. Um, But I think that there's a great, way that marketing and sales can work together in b2b organizations because at the end of the day it's the sales team that's on the front lines they're talking to these prospects they know what the biggest questions are they know what the biggest hurdles are to get over that sale so if marketing can get down there and mine that information and find out what are the pain points that people are coming to with and also what are people doing if they don't end up going with our product? What are they saying? Is it price? Is it that they think it's confusing? How can we try to overcome that with the earlier stage marketing to help, you know, close more deals? That's what we're all here for, right?
0: Absolutely. What are some especially effective ways? of creatively brand, like content types, places, anything like that, some especially creative ways that B2B companies can get their brand out there that they may not
1: have thought of? Yeah, so there are some B2B companies that have done some great investments into social media lately. You know, B2B has always been a little bit on social, but I've been seeing some brands really invest more in Twitter. I mentioned TikTok before, you know, I think about a a brand like um, uh, Triple Whale is a data analytics platform. Sounds so boring when you just say it. They are crushing it on Twitter right now. They are getting people to follow them who don't care anything about e-commerce data analytics. That's amazing. That's the type of branding that you can really push forward. They do a lot of memes. They really are involved in the Twitter kind of community, they know the platform. So there's a lot you can do there. I think video is a great way that a lot of companies are doing some great work. Um, there's a cloud storage company called Wasabi that I love the videos that they're putting out. They've got a character named Nate. And you really talk about how in B2B, if you want to bring in personality that's still professional, having a character in your marketing is one way that you can kind of have a guide who's bringing people through the process so this character nate is just a down on his luck it guy you know i'm not talking about having a a liberty mutual emu or something like that this is a person (laughs) but he's in a lot of their videos and he talks about migrating your cloud storage and you know he's just it's really sweet and there's a consistency there and it he has a music video And you think about cloud storage computing, again, sounds really boring. And if you compare Wasabi to the big players in that space, so that would be Amazon's AWS, Microsoft Azure, these kind of like faceless conglomerates. But then you have Wasabi, a little upstart with this nice little character that you're seeing throughout. You're putting a face on this brand right? You're giving people something to relate to, a person to relate to. And that's a really powerful way to break through the advertising. And at the end of the day, you know, Wasabi probably can't compete with the scale that you get with something like AWS. But what they can compete on is personal attention, being smaller, having the character just kind of drills that into people's heads. I will say I did not work on this campaign. I just really like it.
0: It also really relates to that no like and trust factor. Th- those are those are my three favorite words. I've have t- talked to Bob Berg about that. I keep telling him I'm gonna get it tattooed on my body. No like and trust. And by having a character, it's saying, hey, this is someone who's in my position. And even though I know it's a character, and even though I know it's an actor, and even though it's silly, I kind of see myself in it. And I think seeing yourself in this is is really just something that's fairly new. To be to B two B marketing, um, what do you see coming down the pike for for creative B two B marketing? Is there are there new trends you're starting to see? Is there uh, something that you foresee um, becoming more of a thing due to um, either trends, technology, world situations, any of that?
1: Yeah. So I mentioned OTT or streaming TV advertising. I think that's a rich place that B2B brands are going to be moving towards. I think that having their own streaming networks, some B2B companies, uh, Salesforce Plus, for example, uh, I believe Demandbase has their own Demandbase TV. It's called. These companies are really investing in content. Or even if you think about HubSpot with HubSpot's Academy that they've really invested in all these free resources that are out there. And all of those just exist to get brand affinity, to get people to understand that you are helpful. It gets them to know you, it gets them to like you, and it gets them to trust you. Just like you were saying, those that of supportive content <laughs> is a great place for companies to be, right? And so they, I love seeing these streaming networks pop up. I think we're going to see a lot more of that, you know. We already have a lot of podcast in B two B. I don't see that going away. It's all just going to be supporting people where they are.
0: I really like that. I'm intrigued by those independent streaming networks. Like I can't personally picture, you know, seeing you know my CRM program or something and being like, oh, I want to watch constant pro. Like, what kind of content are they putting on those things, and where are people accessing them? Are they apps? Um, I I don't know anything about this world. Yeah. So they
1: all have their own independent website now. So like Salesforce Plus has a whole site. When you log in, it looks like Disney Plus. You know, there's like the big show at the top that they're advertising and the little different streaming shows underneath. Right now, all of these uh, streaming TVs are, they're presenting all nonfiction content. So it's a lot of um, documentaries, you know, kind of like video podcasts, interviews what we're not seeing yet on those platforms is any like fiction comedy drama I see that as the next frontier that I would I'm so excited and I really hope some brands try this out and try to do an actual show did you watch uh Apple at work there was a series that I didn't um, but I heard about it Yeah, they had this little story about these like ragtag team of product people that went out and started their own business. Apple made this eight minute spot. I think it's pretty long. Um, And there's several in the series now. And people sit and they watch that. And it's an Apple ad. Like we're not, (laughs) at the end of the day, it is an ad. And we're sitting and we're watching it as if it's content. We are doing that already with brands that have a lot of brand affinity like Apple your B2B brand could do that. You can put out content that people just want to consume as content. And I think that's the next frontier.
0: That is this is still just blowing my mind because I didn't know anything about this. So you said that sometimes they have things like documentaries and all that. Are these companies generally producing all of it themselves? Or are they, you know, repurposing content maybe with brand licensing from someplace else? Is it all original? What's the story there generally?
1: It's generally all original. And like I, this is, I think there's about three or four companies doing this now. So this is still very, very small. But I know Salesforce has completely built out a whole in house department that's putting this out. They are going all in on Salesforce Plus. They are ready and want people to come and consume content right on their own site. And think about that. This is amazing. Even a lot of B2C companies aren't doing this. But it, a lot of it is going to go back to I see it like the early days of TV, where if you know, there were the shows were all like, you know, brought to you by Kellogg's. They it's why so Kellogg's operas, comedy hour. It's why it's soap operas are called soap operas. Absolutely. Exactly. I think we're just going back to that. And I think if B2B can just embrace it and realize that's where people are, there's just so much that they could do.
0: Wow. Well, well, this is fascinating and I'm definitely going to have to go check out some websites now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hope, tell us a little bit more about
1: where people can find you and what they'll find there. Yes, people can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Hope Morley. I talk about B2B marketing. You can also find me on my podcast, Death to the Corporate Video, which I co-host with my Umal co-founder.
0: I love that. Death to the corporate video. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And this has been a really untapped topic. So um, very excited that you were able to shed some light on it today
1: and, and getting people excited about B2B marketing. What? <laughs> Thanks. It was my pleasure to be here. Thanks for letting me nerd out on B2B marketing. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for listening or watching wherever you are. Make sure
0: to subscribe to the Let's Talk About Brand podcast with Adweek Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel where I drop the uh, video podcast every Friday. And we'd actually love to hear your take on the topic of creative B2B marketing. Every Tuesday, I have a Twitter chat called Chat About Brand. If you're hearing this the week that this came out, then you can join it. And if you're hearing it after the fact, I've got the moments of the highlights of the discussion up there. You can still chime in anytime. And thanks so much for being here. Join us next week when I'll be back with another very smart guest expert talking about brand. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.